the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From the epistle, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Easter is the culmination of the biblical story that began in Genesis. The life that St. John proclaims in the epistle and that Jesus bestows upon the apostles in the gospel is the answer to the death that was the consequence of sin. The first mention of death in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. God warned Adam about the consequences of disobedience. Quote, in the day that you eat the fruit thereof, you shall surely die. We naturally, when we hear this passage, naturally think about physical death. However, in the day they ate the fruit thereof, they did not suffer physical death. In fact, with the exception of Abel, who was killed by his brother, most of the first humans lived incredibly long lives. Genesis 2.17 is talking about spiritual death, which is the severing of the bond of communion that existed between the first humans and God. Adam was created in a state of union with God. The first humans lived in God's presence in the garden. The implications they could walk with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Sin broke that communion, and in the place of the peace and harmony that came from that union, sin introduced guilt, shame, and fear. Rather than walking with God in the cool of the day in the garden, Adam and Eve hid from God in the bushes. And the first sin also produced disharmony between humans rather than taking responsibility for their actions, they all blamed someone else. This is the natural state into which we are born. To say we are born as sinners does not mean that every baby is desperately wicked. It simply means that we are born into the state or condition of separation from God that is our natural inheritance as descendants of the first humans, the natural condition of humanity. We are like branches cut off from the trunk of a tree. A branch that is cut off from the trunk of a tree will retain the appearance of life for sometimes an extended period of time, especially if you put it in some water. But the minute you cut that branch off from the tree, that branch is dead. The action of Jesus in the gospel is meant to be understood in the light of Genesis. There are three things to note. First, Jesus proclaimed peace. This was not just his casual way of saying hi. This is the Jewish shalom the word used in the Old Testament to describe the result of God's covenant with his people. 
sin brought hostility between God and man and between human beings. Now Jesus, having fulfilled the covenant by his life, death, and resurrection, proclaims peace, proclaims that the covenant has been fulfilled. As Ephesians says, quote, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Jesus breathed on the apostles and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This breathing of the gift of the Spirit is an echo of Genesis 2.7. Genesis 2.7 says, quote, The Lord God formed man from the dust of of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The living being of Genesis 2-7 died the moment he ate the forbidden fruit. Sin severed that bond to the spirit that united God and man. Now Jesus, the new Adam, rises as the firstborn of the new creation and restores humanity to life through the gift of the spirit. Through this gift of the Spirit made possible by the death and resurrection, man is once again a living being. The gift of the Spirit is integrally connected to the forgiveness of sins. Life can only be given once the barrier to that life is removed. Jesus gave the apostles authority to forgive sins, which means he gave them the authority to give to others what he had just given to them. The life that comes to us through the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Spirit, it comes to us, is given to us in baptism. As we just said, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. The water of baptism is the outward and visible sign of the inward gift of the Spirit. In baptism, our sin is washed away, and we are restored to union with God in the Spirit, restored to what humanity lost with the fall. We who were dead are raised to life through the gift of the Spirit. In the epistle, St. John tells us, quote, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcome is actually too wimpy a word. The word is really conquer. It's the word Nike, from which the shoe company takes its name. And it really means whoever, whatever is born of God conquers the world. It says this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. We receive the life that God gives to us in baptism through faith. Faith is the inner disposition that receives the objective gift. When we repent, when we give up our attitude of rebellion against God and his commandments and put our faith in Jesus, we receive the baptismal gift of forgiveness and life. 
We misunderstand this gift of life when we reduce it to a static possession. When we overemphasize the past moment of our baptism or the past moment when we experience conversion of heart and receive the baptismal gift. The church has never believed that merely having been baptized at some point in time or having had a past experience of conversion at some point in time is a guarantee that the life we have been given will come to its maturity, its completion in the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. The life we have received from Jesus is organic, not static. It grows or does not grow according to the principles by which virtually all forms of life grow or do not grow. If we plant a seed in soft and fertile ground, it begins to grow. But if we fail to water the plant or fail to pull the weeds or keep the soil in good condition, it will stop growing or its growth will be significantly slowed. If the life that is planted in us in baptism is not fed by the sacrament, is not sustained by prayer and connection with other believers in the body of Christ, if we do not pull out the weeds from our heart through confession and keep ourselves open to God through our life of prayer, then the life that has been planted in baptism, that has been given to us, will stop growing or its growth will slow significantly. In the Eucharist, we renew and grow into our baptism. Baptism is a continual re-experiencing of what we first experienced in baptism. We come to Jesus again with repentance and faith to receive again the gift of life to the Spirit. We come to clean out through confession the sin that has begun to grow in our hearts. We come to experience the grace of forgiveness and the gift of life again to rise up again. As Jesus said, quote, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. The faith that conquers the world is the faith that continues to believe in Jesus and continues to feed on the bread of life. What we call the, quote, life of prayer is not merely a series of religious activities we engage in. <clears throat> the life of prayer is the very privilege to which we have been restored in Christ. Because our sins are forgiven, because we have been raised up to life through the gift of the Spirit, we have the privilege of living in communion with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. We do not pray for some functional purpose that we may not sin or, or because we may do something good if we, if we pray God will give us strength. Rather, we avoid sin 
so that we can maintain our prayer. We avoid those things that draw us away from God so we can continue to live in this experience of union with God in Christ through the Spirit. As we persevere in the life of faith and prayer, we can, as we continue to come to Christ with repentance and faith to receive life, we experience a gradual but sure and certain conquest of the world, the flesh, and the devil. The life that we have been given slowly grows and bears the fruit of good works and holiness. And we grow more and more in the experience of God's peace. For this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.